In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. St. John 1, verses 4, 5, and 9. And so we hear every Christmas morning from the prologue to St. John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word. In the end, well, we hear from Jesus this evening. In the end, will also be the Word. It will be the Word that the darkness rejected. In both John 1 and John 12, it's that familiar, maybe you've learned it, Paul, Logos, the Word. The same Word will stand in judgment of those who rejected the light. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The Word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. The Word came to save us, and it still does. The Word does not change. Its proper work is to save. Its purpose is to save. The final judgment will be the same word that saves. It will be the word spoken by the word made flesh who says only what the Father gave him to say. This saving word will be the word that judges. See how Jesus wraps his entire identity and glory in with the word he speaks. It almost looks like he makes no distinction at times between who he is from eternity. In the beginning was the word, and what he says in time, my word. He, the eternal word of the Father, comes awfully close to even conflating and confusing himself with what he says. He wraps his whole identity and glory in with the the word his Father gave him to speak. He wraps his whole identity and glory in with his obedience to the Father. He does not speak from his own authority, but whatever the Father commands him to speak. Who he is and what he says cannot be separated. You cannot separate the word of God from the word of God. And you cannot separate the word of God from the word of God. Who he is and what he says find perfect expression and clarity in what he does. Because what he was told consisted of something to do. What does he do? He does what the Father tells him to do. Jesus' obedience to the Father consists in this, that he not condemn the world, but that he save the world. And so the word comes to save. His words are saving words. Spirit and life, he calls them. The word comes to save by speaking saving words to you. The light comes to, to enlighten His light is saving light. The light comes to enlighten by giving saving light to all men coming into the world. Those who reject the word of Jesus reject the light of God. They reject life. The light does not shine now to condemn, but it will condemn. That which condemns no one will condemn And we are sure of that. As sure as we are of our own salvation, we are sure 
that the same word that enlightens our hearts now and is a lamp to our feet today will be the word that curses the darkness for staying dark. And why? Because as sure as we are, if we can be sure at all, of our salvation and we are commanded to be sure of it, so just as sure have we become that there is salvation nowhere else. Forgiveness and peace and joy with a good conscience nowhere else. Have we not learned it? Only in Jesus. Only in Jesus, whose Father commanded him to bear our sin in our place and who commanded him to take his life back again. Only in Jesus, who obeyed his Father in this very way. Only in Jesus, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. Therefore, the word that saves will be the word that condemns. It must be. It will be the gospel itself that we love so much, but which the world hates. It will be the same light that lightens those who sit in darkness today, while it is day. The same light that will then bring all flesh into judgment on that day, when the night cometh when no man can work. And all works that any man can ever do on earth will have already been done. Then on that day, when he comes as a thief in the night, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. That's at the very end of the Bible, Revelation 22. But you, brethren, St. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. And what is this to say then? But that you are already righteous and holy. That you have already been cleansed of your filthiness. The word that makes all things final on the last day, and if it is final, it is unchangeably certain forevermore, The same word brings that final judgment right now to you who hear that your sins are forgiven. It is a final word. That same word that declares what was in the heart of God in the beginning with the word reveals to you the final thoughts of God's heart, which he, since the beginning until now, has not failed to declare, and he never will fail to declare it in heaven or in hell. Not even when time ends. And to us who love these words, they will be familiar words. To us who walk in the light, it will be the same light. Not a brighter light that may end up exposing something in you then. That has not yet been exposed. No, but the same word that you have trusted in. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Who has shown in your hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. This light of knowledge is the word of the gospel. It is the word of him who created light. So now, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words that the Father never told the Son to say or do, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Walk in the light, 
Walk in the truth as you have been taught, abound in it with thanksgiving. This is exactly what Jesus says to us this coming Sunday. That the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. And why? Because they do not believe in Jesus. Or what sin is there that the Holy Spirit will convict anyone of? That Jesus did not suffer and die to take away? Is there some sin that Jesus did not take away? Is that what the Father told him to do? Is that the word that Jesus obeyed? Is that the command that Jesus so thoroughly wraps his very essence and glory into? A word and command that tells him to bear some sin and not others? Heavens no. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Son by taking what is his and declaring it to us, as Jesus says this Sunday. And we glorify the Son by hearing what is his and believing it. He has borne all of our sins. That's what the Father commanded him to do. What sin is left to convict? What sin are you convicted of personally, burdened by, guilty of, that Jesus did not have command to bear? Name it and confess it. Or is the light that shines at the end of time a more searching and exacting light than the light that you are urged now to walk in? The sure prophetic word which St. Peter calls a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. What a wonderful message then. It is not a message of duplicity in God. Saving some and not bothering with others. As though he were a respecter of persons. No, it is a message of universal grace that shines wherever there is darkness. So confess that darkness. Find it. And find the light that shines there a saving light. Because the word that Jesus obeyed and the word he speaks to you is a saving word. And I know that his command is everlasting life, says Jesus. I know it. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Think of that. Jesus does not appeal to some essential obedience. He doesn't say that he does what the Father tells him to do because that's what obedient sons do. Well, it is, I suppose. And I suppose this would suffice to accomplish some sort of well-oiled, mechanical salvation. But our salvation is not well-oiled and mechanical. Our salvation is this. That sinners are reconciled to the God of love by the blood of his dearly beloved Son, who came into the flesh to bear it all in his body and soul, and to know your guilt Better than you, because he loves the light that proves that guilt more clearly than you. We are redeemed by him to know him and to love him. It is not enough that Jesus simply did what was inputted into him to do. That's not obedience. That's computer science. The Father gave his Son no command at all without also revealing the purpose of his command. I know that his command is everlasting life. He's speaking like somebody who's been convinced of something, persuaded of something. Therefore, he continues. Therefore, our Lord's obedience is no mere essential subservience of a properly righteous, correct son. No, it is oneness of will and desire. It is a continuation of the eternal conversation of father convincing son 
and son delighting in what his father has commanded and revealed to him. It is everlasting life for Jesus, who must die, and for you, who now live. It is persuasion. With these words, Jesus not only wraps his own glory in with the word his father gave him to do and speak, he also wraps his father's majesty up with the purpose and kindness of his command. To know Jesus and what he does and says is to know the Father, because it's to be reconciled to him. It's to be persuaded to love the love with which he has loved you. It is pure grace. It is eternal life for those over whom the darkness of spiritual death has descended. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness, Jesus said. And so we don't. We abide in light by hearing the word of God's Son that gives us forgiveness. The word that enlightens us now by persuading and tenderly leading us out of the darkness is the same word that will condemn those who refused. Those who not, will not be convinced by mercy will be convicted by mercy. Those who will not be persuaded by love will be damned by love. We are convinced of love. Love compels us to find the love of God only where the light shines to expose our sin, to teach us to repent, to be ashamed of ourselves. Or is there something in this scrutinizing light of God that could possibly reveal what Jesus did not come to take away? It's impossible. So step out of the darkness. Walk in the light. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Let God expose your deeds. He does so for all the world in order that Jesus might show you what he has suffered and died to take away. The purpose of him casting light on you or anything that you have done or thought or said is for him to reveal a love, a love that is from eternity and towards you into eternity. In fact, this, this verse in our text, which, which we read and heard, is the last time in the Gospel of John that the word light is used. That might seem like no big deal, but it's actually quite significant. From the very beginning of the Gospel, it was a tremendous and powerful theme that one might think the whole book was devoted to. And it is. But you must know what the light reveals. The very next chapter, we have Jesus devoted utterly to love. He washes his disciples' feet. A new command I give to you, love one another. Love as I have loved you. But Judas, loving his own sin, resenting Jesus for casting any light upon it, having received the piece of bread, and then he went out immediately, and it was night. The stirringly beautiful progression of themes in John, and thereafter, no more light, but love. It is love that the light reveals.
On the last day, it will be lovelessness that it reveals as it exposes those who rejected the love we love. And on the last day, it will be love shown to you when he appears. It will be love. Because whatever the light reveals, it reveals to you him who is light of light and very God of very God, who exposes and scatters all darkness so that you might stand and persist for the rest of your life and into eternity in the love of God, to know that divine conversation, to be persuaded by it and to delight in it unto everlasting life. Jesus promises to us, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let us pray. The radiant sun hath vanished. His golden rays are banished by night, the foe of day. But Christ, the son of gladness, dispelling all my sadness within my heart, holds constant sway. Amen. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto eternal life. Amen.